Good morning. Happy Monday and welcome to the 7 a.m. Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is Monday, October 3rd, 2022. Today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous and we are on page 32, the first paragraph that starts with There is no way of proving it. Ending the paragraph, here is one. We're going to unpack that one paragraph only. Today's readers are, and thank you for Team Monday for October, Larry K., Marge O., Vanessa G., Elizabeth D.D., Nancy T., Newcomer Greeter, Loretta M., and the host, Matt J.F. The reference numbers for yesterday's special edition, Sunday, October 2nd, 2022, is 19,474. That's 19474. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose, is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At our Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Elizabeth B.D. to read the 12 steps. Go ahead, Elizabeth. This is Elizabeth D. Um, Elizabeth D. Yep. Uh, Hi, everybody. Elizabeth D. in Cincinnati, Recovering Compulsive Overeater. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 
11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of God's will for us and the power to carry it out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Pass. Thank you so much, Elizabeth D. I will now ask for Nancy P. to read the 12 traditions. Go ahead, Nancy. You're up. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Nancy T., compulsive reader in Lewiston, Idaho. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority. A loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive reader who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise Less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you, Pass. Thank you so much, Nancy T. All right, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only, please. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. However, this meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. Again, we are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted, please. Today we resume our study in the big book. We are on page 32, uh, that first paragraph, and I'm going to ask Larry Kay to step on up and get us started. Go ahead, Larry. Okay, Amy, good morning. Good morning, everyone. Larry Kay, recovered uh, compulsive reader from Chicago. 
Though there is no way of proving it, we believe that early in our drinking careers, most of us could have stopped drinking. But the difficulty is that few alcoholics have enough desire to stop while there's yet time. We have heard of a few instances where people who showed definite signs of alcoholism were able to stop for a long period because of an overpowering desire to do so. And here's one. So we'll, we'll get to the man of 30 tomorrow. But, you know, um, when I read this, first they say that, well, we, we can't prove it, but we believe that, you know, early in our drinking careers, most of us could have stopped drinking. Um, you know, I look, I, I ate an entire bottle of baby aspirin when I was two and a half years old. So I, I don't I don't really recall a time that I wasn't a compulsive overeater and didn't have that overpowering, um, you know, both the what I've come to know now is the allergy, you know, that physical manifestation for the, the craving for more and then learning more about the obsession that drives me back. But they're saying, okay, there, there may be some people that could have stopped, uh, dr you know, drinking. So that's not my personal experience based on my recollection for me, but maybe you're someone they're saying first there that, that perhaps if you could have, could have caught it early enough. But to me, it's sort of beside the point at this, you know, when, by the time I arrive here. And it says, you know, the difficulties that few alcoholics have enough desire to stop while there's yet time. And, and, and I suppose that's true. You know, um, we just don't have a whole lot of enthusiasm to stop before it becomes a crisis, you know, and, uh, and, and, and that was certainly the case for me. I didn't get to the rooms until, you know, it was crisis time. And, um, and then they say that we've heard of a few instances where people who showed definite signs of alcoholism were able to stop for a long period because of an overpowering desire to do so. So here's where I can relate. See if you can as well. I remember, for example, it wasn't 25 years, so like the man of 30 we'll read about tomorrow, but I remember some 30 years ago when I was married, um, my wedding was approaching, I was engaged, and I had gotten pretty heavy at that point, and I had a great desire, mostly for vanity's sake, to, to, you know, I wanted to look good in my tux, and I knew that I would, you know, be up there, and there'd be lots of people at the wedding, and so forth. And so I remember at that time that I, I had a strong desire to stop uh, eating compulsively. And, I, and, and that drove me, that level of motivation drove me. And you know what? I did somehow, don't ask me how, but I, I was able to stop for a few months just based on sheer will and that, that vanity motivation. And I did. I got down to my high school weight. And here I am in my mid-20s, I'm down into my high school weight. And, you know, I look kind of schnazzy in my, in my tuxedo. I was a young man. But, uh, um, but the point is, is that it did last, right? Literally, by the time we left, the day after the wedding for our honeymoon, I, I, I recall it was on. Oh, man, it was on. And I had that, that ice cream, and out came the pizza, and out came all the things that I had refrained from for a period of time. And I was worse because this is a progressive disease. And I don't know how much weight I put on during my, my you know, week-long honeymoon, but, but it was a considerable amount. And, and then the months that followed. And so, I, you know, can I relate to that? Of course I can. We are disciplined people in this room. You're accomplished in your careers raising a family, 
in a marriage, perhaps a partnership, you know, we're accomplished people. And yet in this area, I have to concede to my innermost self that I am a real alcoholic. I have an alcoholic mind that will drive me back. And at over any period of time, I get worse, never better. It's progressive in that sense. So do we have experiences like that? Yeah, I do, that I could stop for a time. I just couldn't stay stopped. I couldn't stay stopped until I had an effective spiritual awakening, which was not just a point in time. It's an ongoing thing to maintain that. Complacency won't allow for me to to stay on this beam for long. So anyways, that's what I have this morning and uh, grateful for you. Love to hear the shares with that I pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Larry Kay. Okay, so we're going to take some names here in a second, but although we value your experience, strength, and hope, if you've shared in the last uh, couple of days, and I guess that would be um, Thursday or Friday of last week, we ask that you step aside and allow others to share their experience, strength, and hope as well, so everyone gets a chance. Okay, who would like to share on what was read, please? Judith S.P. Judith? Tom A. Tom A. Rena. Rena L. Rena L. Adrian N. Adrian N. Vasa O. Vasa. I can take one or two more. Teresa C. I think I heard Teresa. Teresa C. Yes. Teresa P. And then there was Teresa P. And then Tamara. Was it Tamara? Yeah, Tamara C. Tamara C. All right. We have got a great group here. I have Judith S.P., Tom A., Pam S., Rena L., Adrian N., Vasa O., Teresa P. and Tamara C. All right, Judith, step on up to the plate. You're up. Hi, good morning, everybody. Hi, Amy. Thank you for leading and of service to us. Um, My name is Judith S.P. from Maryland. Truly grateful to be here this morning and recovered one day at a time. And in this day, I am. Thank you, God. I felt compelled to share because um, the word time just just filled and hit my heart at the same time, and I'll sort of backtrack into how that was for me. Um, yes, there's no scientific way of proving anything really about this program and about the grace and power of God in my life. Um, But I'm not into the debate club anymore. I'm not into statistically this is right, you know, and uh, whatever in the scientific world. Because now, thank you, God, I live in the fourth dimension, and my life is stronger and stronger in the spiritual sense of things and my experiences. And as is often said in these rooms, and in particularly the big book, Food was my answer. So every time I stopped eating, 
and lost some weight or felt like I was the cat's meow. Well, not really, but, you know, I felt a whole lot better. Um, And I was looking to these different programs and my own crazy strategies as God. And that was going to help me stop once and for all. And it never worked because the food was the answer. The problem was my emotions, my thinking, and my, not purposely, but having no relationship with my higher power. And so over and over and over, up and down, shame, humiliation, despondency, depression, suicidality. I can go on and on, but I don't have any more time than what I want to point out right now. And when I heard that it said that we had the time, when I look back on my life because I came into program, thank God I came into program, but I came into program much later in life. And I, when I take a peek, I don't stay there very long, but when I take a peek and look back on my life, I say, oh, Judith, why didn't God bring you into these rooms earlier? Well, God did bring me in but I wasn't paying attention. So for those newcomers and people who are really young, in heart and in chronology, I say, please stay. This program works. It works because the answer is in the steps and in spirituality connected to our higher powers, my higher power. And with that, I stop and thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Judith. Fellow Marylander. All right. Tom A., you are up, followed by Pam X. Please go ahead, Tom. Thanks, Amy. Tom A., from uh, recovered from Greenbelt, Maryland. Just grateful to be here. I've been away for a couple of weeks and uh, had limited out access. I'm grateful to be back. Uh, you know, what this reminds me of this reading is, is that lack of power is my dilemma. And, uh, I agree that debating whether there was a time when I could have stopped. Uh, I'm of the, from the infancy on, I was eating uh, paper and uh, chocolate syrup out of the can when I was, as soon as I could get my arm up there to reach it, raw sugar. And so I clearly am addicted to sugar and and, uh, compulsive eating and, and, uh, I don't know that there was a time when I made it, I could have stopped. The thing that that uh, brought me here and got my attention was that I uh, would go on diets. I was a good dieter, and I would lose 80 pounds, different two or three different methods. A diet never worked the same twice. Uh, never worked twice, but I could always find a new one. But the last time, I, I just... I knew that it was more than a diet that was needed. And I think the reason I knew that was because I had hit bottom with alcohol six months earlier, and I'd had to surrender that. And that act of surrender, I think, opened me up to realize that that going on another diet wasn't going to work this time. Had had my higher power not led me to AA first, I suspect I would have gone on another diet and just kept trying to do this uh, 80 pounds up and 80 pounds down, 100 pounds up, 100 pounds down, and, and it, it's just there's so much shame in that way of living. 
the, the great news is that these 12 steps and having a higher power and having a fellowship following the 12 steps, admitting I'm powerless every day, uh, I don't have to have that 80-pound struggle anymore. I've been the same weight pretty much. I've been in recovery uh, for 40 years, and I've had the same weight for another 20 years. I, I don't know how long, but it, it's all I know is that if I keep coming back to meetings, and if I keep doing these steps, uh, my life gets better. Uh, and for that, I'm grateful that that, uh, that I could admit complete defeat, uh, but try to as best I can with my higher power self each day and get the help I need through these 12 steps in this fellowship. So thanks for letting me share. Thank you so much, Tom A. from Maryland. All right, we have Pam S. followed by Rena L. Go ahead, Pam. Good morning. Thank you, Amy. This is Sam S. I'm a recovered compulsive eater from Bristol, Rhode Island. Uh, when I read this paragraph, I used to read the paragraph with a little bit of fight in me. Like, yeah, this is me. Totally me. I can, I can like, looking back at years past at, of times of almost success. Um, but I feel like this paragraph is just a tender and patient way of um, almost of like a, a, a parent figure or, a, or a, you know, even a sponsor saying, okay, honey, maybe, you know, maybe in the past, maybe someday, you know, in some far off place you could have, but where are you at now? Where does all the wishing and going back and thinking back and strategizing of how it could have worked, where is that helpful to you today? And I think for me, it's a, am I at a, am at a, at a fighting point where I think that I can go years past as evidence that maybe I could do it this way? Or am I here today surrendered and saying, you know what? I can't stop drinking or I can't stop eating today. And I have the desire to stop today and I need help. So I really like this paragraph as just a patient way of saying, uh, okay, where are you at today? How is that helping you today? And um, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a doctor. I'm not here to diagnose anybody and not even to diagnose myself. Looking at a day to say that was the day I became a compulsive overeater is pretty pointless because today I am a compulsive overeater and I can't stop on my own. So I need this, um, I need this process. Uh, I need the steps. Um, because today in my career, I know, um, I'm not a fighter. I can't be a fighter. Anytime I'm fighting, I'm losing, especially with this disease. So Grateful to be here. Grateful that we don't have to fight today. We don't have to think back and and try to win in our minds. Thanks. With that, I pass. Thank you so much, Sam. That's from Bristol, Rhode Island. Okay, Rena L. Followed by Adrian N. Go ahead, Rena. Thank you. Hi, this is Rena L. From Ohio, compulsive eater and anorexic. Um, covered compulsive eater and anorexic. I am. Um, I love this reading and the comments. I've just so related to. For me, I um, I couldn't stay stopped even in even in after coming to meetings, and that has been the crushing blow after my many years in program of making this program like a checklist or 
going to therapy to try to figure out why, which there's nothing wrong with therapy. I, I'm quite sure I need it, but it never helped me put down the food. In fact, it justified my binging after therapy, thinking about therapy, trying to figure out why, drumming up more feelings that I can't handle um, without a spiritual solution. Um, and uh, it's not until now where I, I really, um, what do I want to say? that I finally put down the boxing gloves. I feel like I've been in the ring fighting ever since, you know, I love the baby aspirin story because I mentioned it before that my first word in my baby book, it says it was cookie. Like why it showed up in my baby book is my first word. I think looking at why <laughs> my solution is not where it's at. This is who I am. Um, and I'm grateful to finally put down the boxing gloves. Uh, and that's it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rena L. from Ohio. Okay, Adrienne N. followed by Vasa O. Please go ahead, Adrienne. Hi, this is Adrienne in Florida. Um, I was reminiscing after hearing uh, the first speaker that um, I w in 1975 I got married and I was getting a you know, custom-made wedding dress made. And they took all my measurements, and I had been abstinent for a while at that time. And um, I kept going for fittings. And and I went, like, you know, I guess it was three weeks before the wedding, and I was still okay. And when I went to pick up the dress, I couldn't get it closed in the back and um, I you know like they had to let out the, the chest, the lace you know and fit in pieces of lace because um, my portions got bigger and, and I had put on a couple of pounds and you know I, being a woman I always gained in my chest first uh, I guess that's kind of a blessing in disguise, but, and I see, you know, I'm doing the same thing now, you know, um, I weighed myself on the first and I had put on four pounds and I, and I realized, you know, I'm under a lot of stress right now. I'm having surgery tomorrow and, you know, I, I don't want to keep repeating the same mistakes I made 45 years ago, you know, it's like, or, or almost, yeah, it's like 45 years, so I, I don't want to keep doing that, so um, I, I'm really glad that I come to these meetings no matter what, and, and I pick up something, and I'm constantly learning something new about myself, some awareness that um, I'm constantly growing. And with that, um, I thank you all, and I pass. Thank you, Adrian M. All right, Vasa O, you're up, followed by Teresa P. Go ahead, Vasa. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Amy G., for your service. And I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive reader, calling from Fox Farm, Massachusetts, and I can beautifully identify with the paragraph we just read this morning. Uh, um, 
early in my years, I had some experience of putting the food down for a while for that special occasion, you know, could be because the summer was coming or because, you know, I wanted to go into my bathing suit um, because somebody's birthday, wedding was coming, and, you know, I tried to put the food down, but it did not last for very long. And it was ups and down, ups and down uh, for years. And it's not like I didn't try. Believe me, I tried everything I heard. People have tried here. I've tried even um, anorexia and some bulimia, which I didn't know bulimia was, you know, I could be running to lose the weight too, to burn calories. I've just learned so much in here. I'm just so, so grateful. Um, yes, I could identify with the wedding, you know. I, you know, of course, you know, I wanted to look beautiful. It was all about vanity, and I did lose weight, you know. It was probably, a lot of it had to do with the nerves and plus, you know, trying to abstain from food. And um, we went on a honeymoon and for about a week, and I bought beautiful clothes for our honeymoon. By the time I came, we came back, I couldn't even fit in the clothes. So, yes, I can identify with every one of you. And, yes, it was progressive over the years uh, to a point where I just gave in. By the time I came to OA, which I didn't know much about Overeaters Anonymous, I gave in. I remember saying, what's the use? What's the point? You know, I'm just, I, you know I, can't even, I couldn't even put one meal at a time, you know. Uh, I was a grazer. So for me, it was I, I needed to surrender, and I was so ready and willing to surrender with the food, number one, not in my life and my world, just with the food. I said, God, I can't do this by myself. I did the first three steps. I can't. He can, and I will let him. I didn't want to die, and that was the beginning. That really was the beginning. I did not have, I could not fight it any longer. I was dying gradually, and I'm just so grateful that I've joined, you know, away and, you know, the doctor's opinion put all those uh, foods down that were not healthy for me and followed the directions the way they laid out. And that's my time. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you so much. Vasa O. from Massachusetts. Okay, we have Teresa P. followed by Tamara C. Just a friendly reminder, we are on page 32, the first paragraph, unpacking that one paragraph only. All right, Teresa P., you're up. I'm Teresa P., uh, Recovered Compulsive Overeater Grateful in California. And uh, there was a lot of background noise going on. Um, oh, good, it stopped. Okay, so anyway, um, I'm Grateful Compulsive Overeater. Oh, thank you. Our um, um, Grateful Compulsive Overeater from uh, California and recovered and by the grace of God and I've had this disease all my life. I don't know a time when I didn't have it. Uh, my first memory is like reaching out for food but what I definitely remember is all the um, the deep loathing, self-loathing is why am I fat? You know, I, I didn't like how I looked and I couldn't couldn't control what I ate and I, I couldn't, you know, I would lie, cheat and steal and as a little kid going in and not wanting to do that, but you know, I had this insatiable desire, and I could see other people could leave it alone, but I couldn't. I went, 
what is wrong? How come they can and I can't? It's like, what's what's wrong with me? And, you know, and this disease is progressive because it just got worse and worse. And, and it just goes, to, it goes to hell. And I did practice dieting, you know, worked on that, you know, lose a couple pounds, but, you know, always gained it back. But I was always going up and up and up. And, you know, the agony was more and more. And the self-loathing was more and more. And, you know, I prayed to God. You know, I'm, I'm a good little Catholic school. I go to church, you know, to each church school and all this stuff. And on my knees begging to God, that didn't work. What do you do when God doesn't help? And I'm still going to church and just, just totally miserable going, oh, you know, this, and then, then the, the real pain kicked in because I started getting physical effects and constant stomach pain and then just uh, mental deterioration and and the slowing down and not able to function with family and work. It was just, it was, you know, I didn't, it was hell. It was so very hell. I can remember, you know, calling myself the walking dead for years and just slowly. And I want, suicide was definitely, I wanted to commit suicide, but couldn't do that either. I tried and got the vision from God saying, oh, you know, get, uh, try suicide. Your life is going to be, your, 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 <laughs> your death is going to be hell for, it's going to be hell for your life. I'm going to have my life for eternity. I thought, oh my gosh, I can't even die. This is just sucks bad. And, you know, but the, the great gift is, is I do get in the program and I'm so grateful for that. And, and learn that, you know, just like this disease is hell. It's a fast trip to hell. I live there. And, but the good news is, is there is recovery and God is good. And, you know, and he delivered me and, you know, I've been in program for over, you know, over 27 years and, and have a life beyond my wildest dreams. Does it mean it's pain free? No. And does it mean I don't have problems? No, I have all those. And, you know, and I still get to just, you know, I like putting, you know, putting the boxing gloves down, cease fighting everything and everyone. I could never fight the food. So I just give it to God. And uh, and he takes care of the stuff. And that doesn't mean it doesn't have claw marks all over it. It doesn't appear in claw marks. That's how I go. But I get to get to just remember that. Okay, this is it and work the steps. That's this is a plan that works. And it's it's the twelve steps. It's my way to really see God and know that He's working in my life and making miracles. And I see miracles every day. And sometimes they're painful. And uh, and I don't like them. I always find out that good things come from them. But that doesn't mean life is comfortable. Uh, but I do have a wonderful life. So thank you for letting me share my best. Thank you so much, Teresa P. from California. Uh, we have Tamara C., and then we're going to take some more names. Go ahead, Tamara. Hey, this is Tamara C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Missouri. And uh, this paragraph also brought up for me the idea of the progression of my disease. Like There was a time where I thought I could control. Um, in my experience, in my story, the compulsive eating wasn't very prevalent in my childhood. I can see... A little evidence of it here and there, but but as I watch the story of my life go on, then I can see the evidence of my disease getting stronger. I do see evidence in my childhood of the thinking part of my disease. 
of the uh, the self-pity and the trying to control my future and secure my safety with my behavior and with managing what others thought of me. Um, but it wasn't until later that I discovered food as a friend. And then, interesting enough for me, it was when I started trying to control it and manage it, it's sort of like then I woke up my disease. It was when I started trying to um, restrict, then my disease really uh, said, oh, hello, and and started kicking in. Uh, when I uh, came to OA, I knew I had a problem with food, um, and I thought the solution was to get control. <laughs> so I wanted um, OA to teach me how to get control over my food. There was still, it was all self-reliance, um, and I picked up the tools and tried to work the steps to the best of my understanding. And I mean, I really did the best I could with what I knew, but it was all still like me controlling. And uh, so I thank God today for my miserable relapse because it was in my relapse where I, I asked where where was my power, and I saw the answer was in me. There was none at all, none at all. And this was good news, good news when I no longer thought that I'd be able to stop through any power of my own, and then I could uh, just give up my chasing control and ask God to do for me what I could not do for myself. I was able to get abstinent and go through the steps uh, with an open mind and ready for a new experience. And um, it, uh, this miracle has happened for me and it can happen for anyone. Thanks. I'll pass. Thank you so much, Tamara C. from Missouri. Okay. So who else would like to share on what we read? Page 32, the first paragraph. Susan A., Joey M.P. Elena C. Joey M.P. What was that? Who P? Joanne. Joanne. Okay, there were two people that came in at the same time um, that I missed earlier. Darian K. Oh, here we go. I got Darian K. And who was the other person? Susan A. Susan A. There we go. Guys came in at the same time. Okay. Alrighty. Um, I have Susan A. Darian K. Elena C. Joanne. I forgot your initial. And then Susan A. Wait, I have Susan A. Twice here. Okay. Anyone else? Toby J. Toby? Toby. Yes. Stephanie R. Stephanie R. Janice C. Janice C. All right. Um, Let's see if we can get you in there. Janice C. All right. So here's what I have. Susan A., Darian K., Elena C., Joanne, Toby K., Stephanie, and Janice C. Let's see. We might be a little short there, but we'll see. All right. Susan A., please go ahead. Your turn. Thank you, Amy. Can you hear me? I can. Very well. Please go uh, ahead. Thanks for your service. And um, I'm Susan A. from Pennsylvania. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. 
and some of the shares this morning uh, I associated to three different situations where I was um, overpowering, having the overpowering desire to be abstinent, but at that time in my life it was just to be thin and to lose weight. The first one is very embarrassing. It was my wedding day, and I um, was all not dressed in my dress yet, but I had the underclothes on, and my hair was done, makeup, everything. And I was hanging out my bedroom window, second story of the house, smoking. Because smoking was one of my quote-unquote weight loss strategies. Um, and that, and I, I, said, I talked myself into the fact that no one would smell it, you know, that kind of thing. The second uh, occasion was when I was on a very classic way and pay uh, program. And I had finally, finally, finally reached my goal weight, but I was up to one and a half packs of cigarettes a day. Again, using my quote-unquote healthy strategy, <laughs> not. Um, the third one was my daughter's wedding, and uh, that was in 2014. And I had joined a supposedly very healthy way and pay plan. I lost the weight, and, you know, the goal was to look good in the dress. And I, I stopped the program because I had lost the weight. And then the last month uh, up to the wedding, I white-knuckled it. And uh, white-knuckling does not work for me. Um, so I, I thought, okay, I'll have some Diet Pepsi. That'll, I'll just be drinking a lot of Diet Pepsi. That'll help, you know, tie me over to to the wedding day. Well, for some reason, and I still have to research this, that caused me to start binging. And I ended up, you know, having to tug the dress on with ripples in my stomach, rolls, and um, just very discouraging. And I just want to say that my son's wedding, my last child to get married, is getting married in April. And I'm so grateful that God has given me a, the gift of OA and in particular, this very healthy vision meeting um, in which I am, in, you know, and, and I pray and I believe I will be as long as I work the program entirely abstinent and recovered in, on April 15th, which is the wedding date. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you. Season A from Pennsylvania. I have Darian Kay. You're up. Please go ahead. Oh, good morning, Amy. This is Darian Kay from the Berkshires in Massachusetts. I'm recovered for today and grateful to be on the line with all of you wonderful human beings. Um, yeah, I, you know, I look at this a little differently. I, um, I might have had a desire, also briefly, <laughs> um, to lose weight, you know, just, you know, thinking in my mind. But it was more like close my eyes and go to sleep and wake up fit. Like that was... That was the desire that I really, truly, deep down inside had. Or go to some uh, deprived country and starve myself. Um, you know, or go in the hospital and go on IV so I don't have to eat. You know, just some desperate measures, maybe. But then, not really. If those things were too painful, <laughs> I couldn't live through that. So it was only a uh, fantasy, um, you know, that I thought about it. But I wanted the quick fix. That's what it came down to, and I did not want to do the work or put the effort in. Um, you know, it's it's just 
the way I am in general. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, so I, I might have had that desire, but the desire was not truly, you know, inside of me, intrinsic. And I just, so I just um, did very little, thought I could get a lot from getting, doing little ones. So, of course, failed miserably. Um, so I don't really have any wonderful stories of, you know, this desire stopping me from eating. The story I do have is, though, coming into program, you know, a year before I got married. Now it's a great miracle because so many people are talking about weddings and getting married. And I came in um, a year before I got married. I found this program. And by the grace of God, I lost all, all my weight and was a thin bride. And, um, and that was just because I found program when I did, not because I have the desire to stop for my wedding. Um, you know, so I'm just, I'm so, I'll be forever grateful, obviously, for that. But more so um, that I continue to have that desire um, today because I know I have a desire for this program and for the 12 steps and for, um, you know, for staying connected with the people that understand me, that have gone through life um, situations and have not picked up the food, whether it's beautiful, wonderful things like weddings or the death of, you know, parents like I went through with my mom a few years back or, you know, a daughter not calling me or, you know, this one getting sick. I mean, it's just whatever we go through, you know, we get through um, with this program and, and the um, beautiful, uh, generous gift of others giving their time to, uh, to one another. So thank you so much, and I pass. Thank you so much, Darian Kay from Massachusetts. All right, Elena C. followed by Joanne C. Go ahead, Elena. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Please go ahead. Okay. Um, it's good to be here this morning. Uh, my name is Elena C. from South Carolina, a gratefully recovered compulsive overeater. And um, I relate to this paragraph in terms of that the allergy of the body, my compulsive overeating behavior has not um, kicked in right away, but actually kicked in in my 30s, and it was a mild form of it. I do also remember that um, I did not have, uh, I, while I was, there were um, periods when I was eating a lot of uh, sugary foods and chocolates, I didn't, um, I didn't, it, I don't think I had the allergy of the body at that time. Um, and it wasn't that I had a willpower to stop eating. It was because I just didn't have the allergy of the body. I wasn't craving uh, crazily for those foods. So I also know people who say that the alcoholism can develop later in life. So I believe that's true, um, that people do lose uh, control over their drinking or eating later in life. Um, but what, um, and you know, that just makes for everybody, every one of us being very different in how this disease affected us. Um, once the allergy of the body for me kicked in, there was no turning point. There was no turning point. My willpower has never worked. And the willpower was like, well, 
I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to lose weight. That was my willpower. It wasn't like I'm putting the foods down. I know that I can't be eating this. So until I understood how this is working in terms of the phenomenon of craving is triggered by the sugary uh, foods, I was not able to do anything about it in spite of my best efforts. So I am grateful for that knowledge. That knowledge alone has saved my life and also saved me from not blaming myself or not thinking of, well, what is going on? I had no idea what's going on with my body. I just knew that I'm doing something I'm not supposed to do that affects my health. Um, and, you know, people were telling me, you might as well develop diabetes. And sure enough, um, you know, diabetes is in my family. That's what I would have gone. And I am grateful for um, the big book, for bringing that to my attention, and all people who have been um, inspirational to me in that area. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Elena C. from South Carolina. Now we have... Amy, you're muted. Madre, we lost you. Amy, press star one to unmute. Oh, sorry. Didn't know I was muted. Okay, thank you. Joanne C., you're up, followed by Toby K. Go ahead, Joanne. Good morning, everyone. This is Joanne P. Can you hear me, Amy? Joanne P., I can hear you well. Please go ahead. Great. Thank you. Thank you so much for... Um, your service, and thank you to all of you for being here today, and oh, I'm just so thankful for our program. So when I read this chapter, or this paragraph, rather, I, oh my gosh, this is me. I I really did believe that I could control my drinking. I, I think I've always been a compulsive as a reader as a child. I was the biggest, fattest kid in the class, and the kids would make fun of me and bully me, and I think that's where I learned how to stuff my feelings because um, of my <laughs> my pride. You know, I I never ran home and told my mother I was being bullied, but, um, yeah, I was being. And then in fifth grade, I got on the scale and I weighed 100 pounds, and I was like, oh, my God, I am really fat. I weigh 100 pounds. So I did this calorie diet with my mother and um, – at 10 years of age, I lost 10 pounds. And honestly, for the next, from 10 to 25, for the next 15 years, I restricted. I had so much pride and vanity in me that I was going to go through high school looking good, get married looking good. Um, and when I think about it, restricting, I hardly ate. I mean, I, I barely ate because I knew, I knew if I had pizza, on Friday night after a football game, the next morning I'd be up three or four pounds. I was, oh, I was just glued to that scale. And yeah, and then marriage came along, and then I had four babies. And with each baby, I got progressively bigger with each pregnancy. And um, I tried, <laughs> I tried everything in the book. I have a whole page of stuff that I did to lose weight from the age of 25 until I found OA. 
And I was, yeah, I was almost three quarters of a century old when I found OA two years ago. And it was by the grace of God. I never even heard of OA. I didn't think I was, I didn't think I was an addict. I didn't think I was a compulsive overeater. I just thought I had a weight problem or a mental problem. By the time I found program, I was thinking, I, I told all my doctors, I need a psychiatrist. I know what to do. I know how to lose weight. I've tried all these diets and they worked for a while, but then, you know, I gained it all back and more. So that was my life until, oh, by the grace of God, I found OA and, um, yeah, our fellowship and just abandoning myself to God and knowing that um, without him, <laughs> I wouldn't be where I am today. And I just lacked power. As soon as I read that doctor's opinion and found out about the obsession of the mind and the food allergy, it was like, oh, my God, that's me. That's exactly what's wrong with me. And so I immediately identified as a compulsive overeater. And so for the past two years, two years plus one month, I guess, I've been working this program, and I've only been abstinent for six months. But because I kept relapsing, doing the steps three times with my first sponsor, relapsing, relapsing, finally, by the grace of God, um. I started the steps for the fourth time with a new sponsor and yeah, I'm getting it. I'm seeing everything in a new light. And I just want all of you to know that um, I am so thankful that I'm here. I used to say I'm either going to drop dead or not wake up one morning. I was so big when I came into the program and now I'm feeling so much better and so grateful to God especially, I surrender my will and my life to him every day and ask him to take everything. So thank you so much for your fellowship and um, to all of you, just keep keep coming back and work the program. It works by the grace Mom? of God. It works. Was I'm I muted again? That. Am I muted again? It's Amy here. Can you guys hear me? No, we can hear you, Amy. Yes, okay. Yeah, we hear you. Got you. Thank you. We can hear you, Amy, but you're uh, faded when you say time. Wow. I thought it was being loud. Okay, no worries. All right, so looks like we ran out of time. I didn't calculate correctly, but we've got about a minute and a half for Toby K. So, Stephanie and Jana, please uh Try and share the second hour if you can. We'd still love to hear from you. Toby, go ahead and wrap us up. Hi, thank you so very much. Um, uh, Toby Kay uh, from Long Island, New York, uh, right now uh, in Israel. And um, I'm finding that um, traveling and, and jet lag is really, it's affecting my program. And I know I have to surrender more to God and know that he's in charge uh, but I, I guess I take my will back um, so I need to work the steps harder and do outreach more and try to connect to all of you because uh, by myself uh, I'm, I'm a goner so I need and above all I need to connect to my higher power better and uh, thank you so much for letting me share and I pass Thank you so much, Toby Kay. Glad you're here. 
Okay, thank you. I'd like to go ahead and thank everyone who shared. Thank you, Team Monday. Please join us for a second unrecorded awesome hour, continuing on of study, immediately following the closing. The share ID for today, Monday, October 3rd, is 19,475. That's 19475. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Marge O, would you please read the vision for you for us? Good morning. Marge O recovered in Walpole, Massachusetts. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you.